0: Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024.
2: See participating retailer for details. Welcome to NFL Total
3: Access, the locker room. I am Mike Garrafolo. And I'm real Mike Rob Jeezy. We got a good one today. We got a hard-hitting safety on the show, man. Yeah,
2: it's three-time Pro Bowler and Super Bowl champion Antoine Bethea. And we will get into where that hard-hitting came from because coming out of college he was looked at as like a slight guy but he didn't play slight he played big he also played with peyton manning really good story from Bethay on when he learned that peyton manning was in his
3: words really the sheriff yeah and and he went to howard right uh, a historically black college and you know what you won't believe our listeners won't believe what he's doing for other top athletes to help get them into historically black colleges you don't want to miss out All right, Mike Rob, we got another great one here.
2: This is phenomenal. 14 NFL seasons for the safety. Uh, Antoine Bethé, joining us right now. Antoine, welcome to the podcast here. And listen, we we are excited to have you on because I know you've got story (laughs) after story. You don't play 14 NFL seasons without having story after story. So right off the bat, it is a rite of passage here on Total Access, the Locker Room Podcast. We yeah. need a great locker room story. Now, as Mike Rob likes to disca- uh, to describe it, we don't want the PG one. <laughs> right. We also don't want the, the well, X-rated one. X-rated. Yeah, right. the X-rate. We right. want, like, PG-13 into R-rated. So yeah. give us, uh, you know, your, your best one in that zone.
4: <laughs> All right. Um, quick story, right? So yeah. we went to this- – we're going to the Super Bowl, my rookie year. Um, so, my Rob, you've been – how many – one or two Super Bowls? Two, I've been to one. One to one, okay. Yeah. So, you know how it is the week prior. Um, you coming in. You're going to talk about all the due diligence leading up to the week with the tickets, the hotels, and all of that, right? So, um, they say, look, you can bring your wife or your significant other. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so, I'm 21, fresh out of college. Look, I'm 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 on this ride solo right now. But I'm <laughs> going to the meeting. <clears throat> so this is when I realized Peyton was the man. Okay. So we sit in the meeting and um, you know, we kind of talking about the rooms and you know, guys like, look, you you have a room, then we'll have another room for your family, and then the 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 the, floor of the hotel is where you can kind of put the rest of your people at. So, guys, you know, sitting there with their wives and significant others, were like, well, you know, um, I want my wife and my kids to stay in my room, and then, you know, that additional room I got in the hotel, I would like to get that to my mother, my mother-in-law, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm sitting back, I'm like, that's that's a smart idea, you know, we save some bread. So, <laughs> Peyton gets up, Bill Pullman at the time, the gym. Mm-hmm. And Peyton gets up and say, hey, you know, I really don't know if I want to have kids and wives on the same floor that I'm staying on leading up to the Super Bowl. Sitting back, I'm like, hey, that's another good idea, you know. So Bill Pulling, Jim Mercer say, hey, you know, Peyton, all right, cool. We hear you. We're going to think about it. So goes next 10 minutes, talk about some other <laughs> shit. And Peyton man gets up again. He said, you know what? Nah, that's how it's going to be. I don't want no kids, no no wives on the floor that, I don't, that I'm sleeping <laughs> on. So I said the same thing. So I'm like, looking at the guys. I'm like, okay, <laughs> at least if I have my, my wife or my, my girlfriend here, I'm at least going to put up a little front Like, yeah. Nah, look, this is what I want. But I guess the guys knew. And I guess at that time, I knew he was a sheriff, but he was a sheriff for real. But that what? was one of the stores
3: that I always think about. I'm like, yo, that's when I knew 18? He was the guy. <laughs> he is legit. So he t- totally took over the meeting. You know what? I, th- I rethought about it the last 10 minutes, guys. We ain't got de- – we going to have a family on the, on- on the floor. So, so, so I guess Pete was like, look, I
4: gave you all the opportunity to be like, you know what, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. You know, we're not going to have the, 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 the wives and the kids on the same floor. But after they didn't come back, you know, I guess in enough time, Pete was like, look, man, this is how we're going to do it, man. So hats off to Pete. To this day, man, that was one of the realest, the re- of the realest things I've seen. All right. um in the locker room
3: all right i gotta i gotta while we talk about Peyton, i gotta ask this because you know i used to work with reggie wayne too reggie reggie kind of told me that story he was like bro we couldn't believe it we was yeah. like what that's yeah. he was gonna roll with it and he right. said we did because it's it's, it's 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 payton um you got any you ever seen Peyton kind of on the sideline going through, you know whether he's pissed off like how, how does he handle the adversity man like i feel like Peyton's always in control you Know what I'm saying, but I've never been as teammate yeah. like to see him actually be struggling and have to overcome it on the sideline. Does he get crazy on the sideline?
4: Um, so I would say this you know, um, I did see it, you know, it was a stretch, yeah, where 18 wasn't playing Hall of Fame ball. I would say that, you know, and I think we all go through that, you know, yeah. we go, we all go through that. It was just a stretch where. It wasn't the typical P that we would see. You know, it went on for about like I think it was probably like two, two two, two weeks, three weeks. And one day it came in the meeting room and you can see it. You know, you can see it. And and for me, I was like, all right, like this guy is human. You know, he goes he goes through it as well. But the way he was able to bounce back, man, and obviously be the leader as he always was, man, like, um, that was real. But definitely saw Saw eighteen it was a stretch there. I was like, Well, damn. They, they got my guy right now. They got his. They got. They got him right now. He's he, he in, he in a heavyweight fight right now. So um, definitely saw it though.
2: You know we, we we remember those Colts teams for for Peyton uh, and for the offense and for the weapons and all that stuff. You guys were a really fine defense though. Yes, they I mean, were. you were a top ten scoring defense for much of the chunk that that you were there and Peyton was there. You know, yeah. w- was was that side of the ball kind of saying, "Hey, you know, we, we we don't want him to think, you know, it, it they got to be a certain way. We're a complete team here, and we don't want to let them down." And, you know, what was, was it? Was it kind it. of a give and take that way? It was. It was definitely
4: that. You know, because um, you know, you out there, you you balling, you out there fighting, you clawing. Um, obviously, when you when you look at the offense, you think of the offense. Um. Think of Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark. So obviously you think about them putting them numbers up. But we always say, like, my rookie year, when we made that Super Bowl run, if it wasn't for our defense, I don't think we would have made that run. Um, I know that year we were struggling against the run, but something clicked on. You know, we got Bob back. But we always talked about that. And even, you know, you kind of hear people say, you know, that Ben but don't break type defense where, you know, offense get up. Um, you know, two to three scores, and then you know we had ninety eight and ninety three coming off the edge, and we could go out there and fly around. But now on the defense side of the ball, we definitely thought that, like you know, the offense they do their thing, but you know, don't forget about us on this side of the (laughs) ball.
3: Yeah man and I agree with you when that defense started to come on that's when I'm like okay now the coaches now the coach are in a position to win the Super Bowl I think the same thing happened to the 2018 Kansas City Chiefs they were balling all of a sudden the defense started coming on late then all of a yeah. sudden they the Super Bowl favors, and they go they go win the Super Bowl I'm going to change gears a little bit um and talk about uh as you came into the league 2006 with me 2006 class we were all in the same mm-hmm. class mm-hmm. um and I, I think that I think that class was awesome bro but you came from an HBCU. And just talk about that transition. How how was it coming into the National Football League, coming from an HBCU? And especially mm-hmm. knowing, like now in today's football, you're getting kids in high school thinking more about HBCU. Mm-hmm. Just talk about your transition.
4: Yeah, man, Um, it definitely was a transition for me. You know, going to an HBCU, we don't get the notoriety. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not on TV. Um, Obviously, you know, the the campus as far as facilities wise, you know, we're not there where, you know, where the PWIs are, the power fives are. Um, so it was definitely a different path, you know what I mean? Whereas, you know, scouts were coming in, hey, your the your competition level was not there. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just it's just a different outlook, I guess, as as a scout had has, you know what I mean? Because if you think about it, you go to a a uh, Miami or Florida State or whatever, Alabama, you, you know, them scouts are probably gonna get taken care of. But you come into an HBCU, it's gonna be a different type of situation. You know, our our locker room is in the basement of our of one of our dorms. You know what I mean? So it was a different different type of situation. But for me what I loved about it was just that 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 grind. You know what I mean? Whereas um my my D B coach used to always tell me, look, A B like if you can play, if you can ball, they're going to find you. And I always just talked about the opportunity, right? Just give me an opportunity to get in the camp so I can show you what I can do. You know what I mean? Again, regardless of where you're playing, you still got to run. You still got to tackle. You still got to put that work in. And um, as we forward to, to now and how, like you said, are you we looking at it now where, you know, you got the youngsters actually looking yep. – To go to HBCUs, you know what I mean, and um, actually realizing, like you know, you have you're in charge. You know, it's not the university, it's not the institution, but it's the players. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the Uh, players.
2: PwI, a predominantly white institution. Heard you mention that. Yeah, uh,
3: I went to a PwI. Yeah, (laughs) I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, So,
4: so, so I, I, I I like to see where we at right now, especially with Prime. Um. With Coach Prime doing what he's doing over at Jackson State, and then you got Eddie George over at Tennessee State as well, man. Um, I think they're they're shining a, a bright light um, on HBCUs right now.
2: Well, speaking of the HBCUs, uh, you become involved in bringing the top flight athletes uh, to these schools. Tell us about HBCU Jump.
4: Yeah, man, that was something that we started um started maybe like a year and a half ago, and it was really. Something kind of started on social media. Um, it was some, some other um, HBCU alum from different schools, and you know we just started following each other, and we all was kind of on the same page. Where you gotta start talking about, we gotta start talking about HBCUs more. What we what they have to offer, um, especially for you know black and brown um, young men and young women. You know where you can go to a school, and you're majority the first or one of the only times in life. So it was one of them things where regardless of what sport it was, football, basketball, volleyball, tennis, the swim team, we was going to put it out there across all social media platforms and all the followers that we had just to show the people that, look, you can go to HBCU and whatever it is in life, you can, and you can be successful.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.
3: Well, um, you know, uh, Twan, you're a Virginian, you know, like myself, you know what I'm saying? We always repping every single time I played, you know, or or came to one of your games or you saw me, we always throwing up the VA. That's how it is. Yeah. Bro, like Mike Vick, uh, uh, Iverson, you, uh, Marcus Vick, I mean, so many athletes down there, bro. Like. What's in the water down there, man? Let's keep it real. Keep it real, man. What hey. y'all doing down there, man? Because 804 don't get the athletes y'all get. You know what I'm saying? I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to figure out what
4: that ingredient is, man. Um, I, I, bottle it. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, man, like you say, that's um, kind of one of the things that's that's kind of been the running line uh, back home. Is like something in the water. Um, I, I'm not sure what it is, but I just know um, how guys grow up. Even in, even the women, man, how we – the competition level is, is is so tough out there. And I think nowadays where you kind of see a little shift where it's like, okay, I'm not doing good here. I'm not getting playing time here. Guess what? I'm transferring somewhere else. I just felt as though when we was growing up, it was like, regardless of what the situation was, you got to make it happen. Yep. Because you got to make it happen. I just think it just kind of helped breed um, – top competitors and obviously if you look at a Florida or California or Texas per square mile we're not that big but when you know when a when a, when a young man or young woman leaves a 7-5 and go go wherever they go to play wherever they go to school you can always stand firm on like they're gonna show out they from the 7-5-7 seven seven, they're gonna show out so I don't know what it is I'm still looking and trying to find somebody to know what that ingredient is but it's something uh, man and it's a blessing man to, to, to be from that area.
3: Definitely, bro. And and I mean, to cut you off, jeez. I just want to follow up with something because I'm in the community here in Richmond, VA 804. Obviously, we have we've had conversations about it. You're heavily involved in that 757 Newport News community. Yeah. as well. I hear you're building basketball courts and things like that. Talk, you know, tell our, our listeners kind of how you're impacting that community down there.
4: Man, uh, as you know, I never want to pat myself on the back. I just want to do my part. There you go. That's it. You know, obviously growing up in the in the areas that we grew up, grew up in um, and the youngsters looking up to us, regardless if we like it or not, they look up to us. So, um, you know, we will always, you know, be happy that, OK, you know, I, I scored this touchdown, I did this, that in the third, but to be able to give back to your community um, and be a positive impact on your community. Man, it's a beautiful thing. Um, it's something that I hold close to my heart. And um you know, to the to to till, till I'm gone, that's what I'm gonna continue to do. And obviously, like you know, we always talk about it. if all you can talk about is like AB was a great football player, then I did something wrong. Hey. You know, I want to la- I want to make I want to leave a lasting impact on the community where um the youngsters, man, they be like, okay, AB man, he was always here in the community. I always saw him. He always talked to me when I saw him. I could put I could touch him. He's he he is who I am right now. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing for me. Man, so.
2: You're talking about the community. I just reached behind me uh, on the bookshelf and grabbed me Quiet Strength by Tony Dungy uh, with Nathan Whitaker, uh, a former uh, agent in the business, a former NFL executive, a buddy. I got to give him a shout out. Uh, Mm -hmm. But you were drafted by the Colts in 2006. And uh, community, certainly a big part of what Tony Dungy has done. Uh, What did he mean for your career? uh, And what did he mean for you as a person?
4: Man, just believing in me. Um, And, you know, I talked to Bill Paulian now when he said when he saw the tape, he took it to Coach Dungy's office. And uh, Coach Dungy was like, man, hide that, man. We gonna try to... We can use him. You know, so for him to even have that belief in a 185 pound young man coming out of Howard, like, that means a lot to me. You know, again, I I got to talk about just give me an opportunity and they gave me that. And being able to um, to walk in the locker room and um, just see how he went about his business. And the year previous, he had just lost his son. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, you can have a coach to sit up there in front of the room and say, hey, we're a family. We're going to do things this way. Um, he can talk the talk. But when it comes down to it, do they really walk that walk? And Coach Dunsey was that. Like whatever he said, whatever whatever he preached, he lived by that. So as a young as a young man, you know, being able to have the opportunity to sit down and and hear him speak every day, um, to see how he brought his family into the into the building, had his kids running around the building, had his wife, had his brother in law. Like like okay, yeah, he he talking about family. He want this scene to be a family. He's allowing that. He's allowing our parents and, and family members to come mm-hmm. to the Saturday practice, Saturday walkthrough. Oh. So that was just beautiful to me, man. Just to see how he was. He was a true leader, a true leader. So yeah, it made, you, made you guys feel like a
3: family. It Made you guys feel really like a family, man. And that, that's what I've I've always heard about Tony Dungy coached uh, uh, teams. Now, Twan, you over 1,300 tackles in your career, man. Like, you were a tackling machine. Every time, again, every time I've seen you play, you play with a lot of passion. So I guess my my next question is, how hard was it for you to step away from this game, man? Um, because, you know, sometimes when we lead this game, we don't always think there's something else for us to do. You played right. 14 years, it's been your life since we, you probably can remember. How hard was it for you?
4: It, it was tough. And I don't even think it was more so on me playing the game, but I think it was leaving the locker room. You know, I think it was leaving the locker room, getting on that plane, getting on those plane trips, playing in between, playing the craps, laughing and joking, having those rookie nights. I think that's what I was going to miss the most about it because physically, you know, we, we knew at some point in time, all right, them, them, we we'll have to close them curtains at some point in time. We we'll have to hang, hang those cleats up, and we always—I think—we always know when that time is coming. And um, I kind of started to realize when my time was coming. So I was at peace with leaving the game, but really, and even now to the, at at this point where I only been out, you know, a couple of years, it's like you missing that that camaraderie, and you you always hear guys who tired before you be like, man. I miss it. You know, I love my family. I love my kids. I love the wife. But it's just something different where you can get around the guys and just shoot the shit. Um, And I think that was one of the things that I knew was going to be toughest for me just because of just the brotherhood that we, you know, we had in the locker room.
2: One pick six in your career. Do you remember it?
4: Damn, yeah, I do, man. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Against uh, against the San Diego Chargers in Levi Stadium, I think it might have been like a Sunday night game or Monday night. Um, but, yeah, only pick six, man.
2: Well, the way you <laughs> shook your head, though, you had to have been close to a few other ones, right? <laughs> Do you remember a couple that, hey, I don't know, uh, maybe if I uh, made this move?
4: A few. Uh, if I would have just caught them, I would have been strong. Hit me in my chest, hit me in my face, man. As I got, you know, just me and the quarterback. But, um, you know, football guys knew all the best of me.
3: Oh, man, that's hilarious, man. So, I right, if, if if there's one thing that you could kind of change by, about your career, w- would you change anything? Nah. You want it nah. exactly the way you got it, huh?
4: It, it was supposed to be that way. Yeah. It was supposed to be that way. So me being selfish, I could be like, yeah, I wish I would have played my entire career in Indy. Mm-hmm. But obviously it was something, you know, that was in my roadmap along my journey that it was supposed to be like, look, you know. You made an impact in Indy. You know, what I'm saying on the field and off the field in the community. You did what you're supposed to do. is take the show and roll somewhere else. You know, so me being selfish, yeah, I could be like, yeah, I should. I wish I could have done that, but I think my journey was my journey. It was. It went the way it was supposed to go. So I'm. I'm happy with that, and I'm at peace with that.
2: And Mike Mike Rob called you a tackling machine. Uh, you referred to yourself as a 185 pound kid coming out of Howard, uh, ta- tackling. Is a mentality. So I'd imagine I, I'd be lying if I said I broke down your college tape. So I'm going to have to trust your memory <laughs> on this one. I mean, I, I'm sure you always were physical. D- did that develop over your career? Did you work to get stronger? I mean, how did that kind of come about?
4: Nah, man, that was just something um, that was in me. I played middle linebacker in in high school. What? Um, I was 160, 165 Dang, pounds.
3: You playing no damn middle linebacker at once. What school you went
4: to out here, yeah, man? 5'8. <laughs>
3: okay, I got you, I got
4: you. You know, so I was, I played middle linebacker. And it was crazy because a lot of people would say that. Um, But my, my defensive coordinator at the time, he went to play at JMU um, out of, out of school. And he was like, look, you my hard, well, you my, one of my hardest hitters. You don't care, you'll go in there, stick your nose in and you can run sideline to sideline. He taught me how to read the guard pulling. He said, that's all you need to know in high school. If you see the guard pull, follow that guard and follow that fullback. Lead you right and to the every, ball, baby. <laughs> every time. Every time. And then, you know, when I went to college, man, um, I, love, I loved it. I loved the hit. I loved the tackle. I loved the hit. And um, coming out of OTAs my rookie year, um, my coach, Coach Allen Williams, was like, look, you playing the hell out of the ball. You making all your checks. He said, the only thing you're going to have to do is when you put them pads on, come training camp, see if you can tackle. He said, if you can do that, you can make, you'll can you make the team. I went home, oh, it's i it's, it's I'm K, in man. there. I'm good,
3: <laughs> I'm good. I can do, I can That's one you. thing I know I can do.
4: I'm good, so.
3: That's dope. Now, you, you talked about the Super Bowls, uh, Super Bowl appearances. Um, I only been to one, and mine was late in my career. So, you know, I spent the first seven years of my life, I mean, first seven years of my NFL career chasing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yours is a little different. You caught your ring on the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How difficult was it to chase that, you know what I'm saying, to continue to chase that after you had it early in your career? And did you think it would come back easy? You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Oh yeah, no doubt,
4: no doubt, no question. Like, you know, you I walk in the locker room and I win a Super Bowl my first year. <laughs> oh, I'm about to get like four or five of these things. Easy, <laughs> easy. So we go back my fourth year and we lose against New Orleans and Miami. Um, So, Seven out of my eight years, we make the playoffs in Indy. I leave Indy, I don't see the playoffs again. So now it's like you know, my like you said, first seven or eight, first seven seasons out of that, my first eight. Like I knew I'll get them extra checks. Mm-hmm. I was getting everything. Like everything was going to be good money. So again, leaving Indy, going to San Fran and Arizona, New York. It was just like, man, like, just give me one more chance. But like you said, just chasing it, wanting to get that feel, wanting to get that playoff experience, man. But as they always say, it's not always green on the other side, man. So. Mm -hmm. Had
2: to do it. We we talked about um, how you're working with some or or talking to some top-tier athletes about heading to HBCUs. What about guys leaving college going to the NFL? whether it's those same guys that you're helping get to those schools or whatever, what are you telling them about what life is going to be like on the other side after the draft or signing as an undrafted free agent? Good question.
4: Man, it's, you know, it's tough. Um, All I can, all I can tell them is the truth, right? Like whether you want to hear it or not, um, everybody's um, home setup is different. So, you know, you got a lot of guys leaving for different reasons or, um, family looking at them kind of different, you know, some some guys can kind of go into the league and just be like, you know what, you know, this is a dream of mine and I'm trying to live out my dream. But, you know, you got some guys, it's like, man, my family got to eat, like lights are cut off or, you know, we don't get too many meals, you know what I'm saying? So like the different, the structure is different for different guys. So for me, it's like, look, when you hit this process, it's going to be a lot of people coming out the woodworks. Uh, Mike Mike as you know, you know what I mean? So a lot of time I tell the guys, like use your street smarts. <laughs> like, like don't make this something harder than what it is. Like if you were on the streets and somebody walked up to you and you just didn't find, you ain't feel they vibe or their aura, you would distance yourself away from that person. Yeah. Do the same thing here. Like use your street smart. Just because the dude got a suit on don't mean
3: he ain't trying to uh, get over He's on not you. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. So,
4: like, just just use your common sense. Use your common sense, or use your your street savvy. Or you know what, have you you know you you move in life. But um, again, but it's like it's one up. It's one hell of an experience. And um, listen, so you get
2: yeah. I well, I hear coaches all the time. Trust your talent. You deserve yeah. to be here. You tell you same same kind of thing on the mental side, right? Yeah. You know, trust, yeah. trust yeah. what got you.
4: Yeah, trust. Yeah, yeah. And then again, it's it's one hell of an experience. Like I couldn't you couldn't tell me, like coming from Newport News, like Tuan, you can play 14 years in the league. You can travel all over the world. You can meet the people that you were able to meet. So again, I tell the guys, be ready, so you don't have to get ready. Because uh-huh. when that time comes, when your name is called, if you're not ready, your name might not ever get called again. So, you know, control what you can control is the main thing that I tell the guys. Control what you can control. The things you can't control, hey, let that fall wherever they may fall. But the biggest thing, control what you can control. And, you know, you might have a, a long career. Uh,
2: I, I hope those guys – so dope, man. Yeah, and I hope those guys realize – you know, when they have the chance to talk to you, what's at their disposal? Because it, it's a wealth of knowledge. It's a wealth of experience. Um, and, and listen, you, you know, I've, I've had limited interactions, but we've had the chance to talk. And I can tell you're a great guy, despite the fact that Cut. you're sitting in a chair. Yeah, you, you can't see this unless you're watching this on the promo. He's got like a villain chair, like the kind of chair where you're gonna whip around hey, and yeah. give the hero he a big smile. That's a great yeah, I feel some type of way. I, I
4: want to get this chair out of here so bad. Um <laughs> You hit a you hit a spark, Jeezy. He had yeah, all yeah, the I want to get, get rid of this so bad. Um they thought it was a good idea to have it in here, but Trust me, uh, if we do this again within
2: the next month. Or so, you like, won't see
4: this behind me, baby. <laughs> oh,
2: well, call, hit up Dr. Evil. I'm sure he can a good chair. That's right boy. up the alley. Lo- <laughs> it's a power chair. That's yes, what it, it is. is.
3: Yes, it so, is. you say.
2: <laughs> Antoine Bethea, thank you so much for stopping by. We had a blast, man. We had fun. We learned. We talked. Mm. Uh, I hope we get the chance. To do it again, you got an open invite here from me and from Michael Robinson. Thank you very much. That'll do it for this episode of Total Access, The Locker Room. For more insight with a locker room point of view, check out the latest episodes
0: every Wednesday and Friday on Apple and Spotify. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
1: What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.